Outspoken. Bruce and Gatos. KTAR News. A new era in afternoons on KTAR Outspoken with Bruce and Gatos. Bruce is out today. The wise man's team, Sinsmeister, is in. Hello, wise man. Hello, Gatos. You know, what do you think of doing a... A little bit of presidential essentials. Oh, I haven't done that. We've got a very interesting poll out. Biden versus Trump, the state of Arizona. Uh, maybe a little presidential essentials. Only the need to know stuff about the 2024 presidential race. If you want to save America, you must vote for your favorite president of all time. I promise you that our best days are yet to come. My memory is fine. I'm the most qualified person in this country to be president of the United States. Having two 80-year-olds running for president, America deserves better. You can't sit home. If you're sick as a dog, you say, even if you vote and then pass away, it's worth it. Presidential essentials. Only the need to know stuff about the 2024 presidential election. Okay. This is one of the first Arizona polls I've seen, Trump versus Biden. Uh, This doesn't surprise me at all. Actually, I'm surprised it's this close. In 2020, Joe Biden won the state of Arizona. Uh, In 2024, new poll says Donald Trump, 46%. Joe Biden, 43%. Joe Biden has done everything in his power to lose this state. And it all points to the border. There's, this doesn't surprise me. And I can't believe that Trump's only winning by three. Yeah. I can't believe that it's this, that it's, I can't believe it's that close. So this is an Emerson College poll done, I think, in tandem with The Hill. Now, and is that a good college? Is Emerson a good school? It's great. I went there. No, no you I did, did not I definitely go there. did not go there. It's not nearly as good as Syracuse University. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Uh, but they do polling. And so this one comes out. This is how Arizona feels about the two candidates for president. We don't like either. Uh, well, if you had to choose, I well, guess is how this poll thing. works. Mm-hmm. 46% for Trump, 43% for Biden. So you're right. Three point lead. I guess that leaves 12% who are someone else slash undecided. Okay. Uh, three point lead. Now, interestingly enough, Emerson College has done this poll four times over the last, I don't know, let's call it five or six months. Great. And so it's been relatively consistent throughout. for Trump, 46% for Trump, 43% for Trump, 45. So I don't think the, uh, the mood in the room has changed much since they first did this poll in August. Yeah. I mean, I've said it before. I don't like Donald Trump. I don't like Joe Biden. I think Joe Biden is way too old. I think that, uh, Mentally, he's not he's he's not able to do the job anymore. The only reason that he's running is to hand it over to the vice president. I think in a year, if he wins re-election, he's going to hand it over to Harris, and that's my worst nightmare. I think she is is not very bright. She hasn't proven to be, um, I guess, a strength of the administration. If you want to talk about polling, she is the most unpopular vice president in the history of the United States. And so as much as I don't like Joe Biden and as much as I don't like Donald Trump, I think Donald Trump is better for Arizona because he'll at least do something on the border. I just I can't believe that I have to vote for one of these two, but I'm not voting for Joe Biden this time. Can I break down a little bit more on the polling for you? Yeah. Independent voters specifically narrowly break for Biden in this poll. Interesting. 40 percent to 38. So two point lead for Biden with independents. Even though, in general, 
he loses by three in this poll. Also, another demographic that they note was women. The female vote for Biden helped carry him in the 2020 election. And right now they're split 44 percent each tied among women. Does that surprise you? I don't think anything's going to surprise me with these two men. <laughs> Fair enough. I and, and really, my gut says that Joe Biden won't be the nominee still. That he actually won't be the nominee. I don't know who they're going to... I think he's just going to come to the conclusion he just can't do it anymore. And, you know, Trump's not too far behind when you want to talk about uh, slowing down, when you want to talk about gaffes, when you want to talk about forgetting names. Um, these are presidential essentials. Only the need to know stuff about the 2024 presidential race. Arizona, Trump plus three over Biden. Here's a new poll. Uh, the majority of voters say Biden and Trump both mentally unfit for a second term. Yeah, no surprise there, right? No. I mean, like I keep seeing 80 percent of America feels Biden is too old. You know, 70. What is it? 64 percent say uh, Biden's unfit for another term, at least here in this one. 51% say Trump is mentally unfit. The problem is we can talk about this all day long, but you're going to have to pick one. That's that, that's it. You're going to most likely have to pick one that you don't like. Do I like sitting here and saying, I'm not going to vote for Joe Biden. I'm going to probably vote for Donald Trump. Not only I, that makes me sick to my stomach. Voting for one of these two guys makes me sick to my stomach. I just can't I can't pull the trigger for Joe Biden. Because I think if you vote for Joe Biden, you're voting for Harris. You know, something interesting I noticed in the uh, first polling that we were talking about from Emerson College, because they looked at specific age ranges and how each of the two candidates are doing. Because to your point, they're both super old dudes, right? Yeah. And that's not great. They're super old. Nobody loves that. No. Uh, but if you look at the polling and you ask yourself, how is Biden or Trump doing with the younger voters? Biden is actually leading in people under 30, 42 to 36. That's a six point lead among super young voters. He's also leading amongst those who are over 60 and over 70. Huh. But Trump is dominating him in those middle ages, 30s, 40s, 50s. I guess you would call that prime demo, whatever it is. He's leading in those decades, whereas Biden is doing really well with young. Well, I shouldn't say really well. He's huh. doing better than Trump, which is a pretty low bar. And he's doing well with the older vote. Biden's doing better with the younger vote. Younger and because older. Because there are many younger people who are progressive Democrats. That's probably true, yes. They're very far left, yeah. I would imagine. Okay. Presidential essentials, only the need to know stuff about the 2020 uh, for presidential race. All right, here's our last essential. Trump's got a new sneaker. I saw that. It's gold. Spray painted, probably. Yeah. Well, this... Uh, I, do you know who this is? Some guy on Fox News. Okay, well, I was going to say that. I mean, geez, I could do that. How scientific was that? All right, so some guy on Fox News, he's talking about the Trump sneaker. And, uh, well, I don't know how, I don't think this came off real well. Even the sneaker thing. I was on social media last night. Very interesting. Well, good for you. Good for you. As you see, black support eroding from Joe Biden. This is connecting with black America because they love sneakers. They're into sneakers. They love the, you know, th this is a big deal, certainly in, in the inner city. So when you have Trump roll out his sneaker line, they're like, wait a minute, this is cool. He's reaching them on a level that defies and is above politics. The culture always trumps politics. And Trump understands culture like no politician I've ever seen. What a dope. <laughs> so because Trump what? is selling $400 <laughs> sneakers that are probably ah. just regular sneakers with a T on them that are spray painted gold. Right, right. He's connecting with the black vote.
Oh, gosh. How do you say that on national television? Inner city kids are not going to go spend $400 on the Trump sneaker. Spoiler alert. Regular white people aren't going to either. No. I'm not going to spend 400 bucks on sneakers because it's a politician who put them out. I don't even like to spend $100 on shoes at all. I bought shoes yesterday. 65 bucks. There you go. Nice pair of Nikes. You know, you Nothing can, wrong with that. You can go on Amazon and find a great pair of shoes. Remember, sure. when, remember when we were interviewing the Cardinals, uh, James Conner? And yeah, he looked at my at shoes. Super Bowl. And he goes, those shoes are awesome, Gatos. And I go, yeah, I got them on Amazon for like 40 bucks. He goes, I got the same pair. Really? Yeah. You had the same shoes as James Conner. Where have you been? I know. How I, do you not know I don't that? think I was there that day. All right. I remember it, but I wasn't the, there. The point is, my goodness, this guy on, on you know, whatever, Fox, thinking that inner city kids are going to go buy a $400 pair of shoes. And then are they really going to go and vote? Are they the vote? Are they are they registered to vote? I don't know. I think it's a little bit ridiculous to assume, too, that just because somebody likes sneakers, that black people <laughs> like sneakers. Okay. Like, I know a bunch of sneakerheads. It's its own thing, man. Yeah. It's, it's crazy what people do. I know a bunch of sneakerheads. Most of them are white. And I'm not saying that that's a generalization of people that like sneakers. I'm just saying it's a little disingenuous to say, well, you know what? Black people like sneakers. Trump put out sneakers. Therefore, black people like Trump. Oh, gosh. That's what he's saying. I know. Presidential essentials. Only the need to know stuff about the 2024 presidential election. All right. Coming up next. Are the D-backs leaving Arizona? Like, is this a possibility? We're going to talk about it next. It's Bruce Gatos. We've got the wise man in Outspoken. Stick around. Outspoken. Bruce and Gatos. KTAR News. All right, wise man in for Bruce. Here's the uh, Gatos Big Q poll question of the day. Oh, good. It's brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. You could find it at KTAR.com. I update it uh, every morning and go on the Mike Broomhead show at about 8.50 and we chat about it. Here's here's today's uh, uh, Big Q. Uh, President Biden is considering new executive action to crack down on record migration at the southern border. I think, A... It's about time. B, he'll never follow through. 68% say he'll never follow through. Uh, Two quick ones on that, wise man. I wonder if he broke the border on purpose, let everybody in, just so he could fix it in an election year. It wouldn't put, it wouldn't put, that wouldn't go, I, I could see him doing that. I don't know, man. The border's been broken for decades. Not like this. It's gotten worse, certainly, but he didn't break it. Uh, he, he, he just didn't fix it. No, uh, he took 89. As it was getting worse. Well, he took 89 of Trump's executive orders and reversed them. And sure. this is the mess we have. And now he's thinking, well, you know, maybe I should go back to some of that stuff. And maybe it'll help me win an election. This isn't an excuse for Biden. But I think when you get into office, you have a lot of favors you got to pay off. Because of people that were supporting you in the election. So you feel the need right out of the gate, like, okay, I'm going to reverse this. I'm going to reverse that. I, I made this promise. I promised you that. And you have to do that to, to garner the support during the election. And then you come to the, realize that, the realization that, yeah. oh, I shouldn't have uh, done that. And maybe Trump had some good ideas. Hate to say that out loud. I'm, I'm speaking as Biden. But yeah. I think he came to that realization a little too late. And now here we are in an election year where he has to make that decision. Do I do what's right or do I do what maybe helps me win the election? I think he broke it on purpose. I think he broke it, broke it on purpose so he could fix it in the last year and maybe 
come out the hero. say, look at me, I'm a hero. Yeah, we're not listening to you. To I don't think he could fix the border with, not in fixing. a meaningful way. I'm not saying fixing. Just slow it down. I, I don't even know if he could do that. He can with executive By orders. November? Yep. It doesn't take a whole lot. You can put a lot. You can put remain in Mexico right back in. And Mexico doesn't want to do it. Tough. I just think the political <laughs> pressure is going to be too much for him to handle. I really do. Well, you can go vote at KTAR.com. Hey, are the Diamondbacks leaving? Um, that's the last thing I ever want to hear. I think the Coyotes are probably leaving. No one wants to give them a home. I think it's too bad. Hockey has never landed really in Phoenix or in the Valley, I should say. Uh, I don't. I hear they're not even selling out that, that mullet place. And that's only 5,000 people. That's pretty bad. Um, but the Diamondbacks, I mean, obviously, this is one of the big three. We've got the Suns, the Diamondbacks, the Cardinals. That's who we absolutely must have in the Valley. But... I was hearing the owner, Ken Kendrick, say, you know, we when I would find a new place to play. Now, was he talking about a new city and state or is he talking about the building? Because the building is a joke. I mean, that thing is broken down. It's 24 to 26 years old, I think. They started building it in 95. First okay. games were in 98. 98. So right. 26 years ish. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's not a fun place to watch a game. Uh, we were talking about uh, a couple months ago. Remember, it was it was raining in uh, the valley, and the roof obviously they had the roof uh, uh, closed, and it was still pouring inside of the building. And so, you know, we, there was a lot of there was a lot of talk about that. I, I still worry that they go to like. What was it? Henderson, which was in Nevada. There was a story a couple of years ago that they were talking to different municipalities. And I think Henderson arose that they had had conversations. Now, that doesn't mean they ever came close to moving to Henderson because right. most people are like, where's Henderson? It's a suburb of Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, clearly, there's other teams that are pursuing Las Vegas as well. The Nashville, I've heard, is interested in teams. I think the Diamondbacks have to come to a, a they have to come to a conclusion of whether they want to choose one of two options. Do you pour more money and capital into your existing building, which sounds like you wouldn't be a fan of, or do you spend two, three times as much money and capital on building a brand new ballpark? Well, as long as I don't have to pay for it, as long as there's not a tax. They're going to have to, again, this is what we expect of our teams now. You're going to have to buy your own building. You have to pay for it. So I, I don't know what the answer is. I, I think that building is crumbling. I know the roof, the, they only put the roof on when there's no one in the building. That's scary. They only close the roof when there's no one there. I, if, and for some reason, they don't trust to do it while there are 30,000 people. The building is also, it's way too big. They need a stadium somewhere where it's going to be. What do you think? Thirty thousand? We should go forty. Uh, it'd probably be more than thirty. I 50, would think because their average, tops. I think, is in the in the mid twenties. Fifty tops. Oh no, it wouldn't be fifty thousand. It wouldn't even yet. be fifty. No, okay, okay, it's, okay. it's slightly less than that now. All it's right. Like so how many? All right. Is it forty eight? I think it's forty four to forty eight. So how many? There. How many people are we talking in the new building? I have no idea, but I I could attest to what the Suns did. The Suns also realizing that they had to re-renovate their space or or find another arena, they decided to go the renovation option. It and they good. took a lot of seats out and replaced them with open air bars, which is pretty sweet. It's sweet. So you can stand there at a bar and watch the game right, right there in front of you. Yeah. Um, that's an option if you choose to renovate. I, I don't know how they worked that all out, but um, yeah, it was a lot of seats. I think when they built the ballpark, they anticipated a certain response to baseball in the Valley. Baseball had already existed here in a spring training capacity. 
capacity. And obviously this time of year is super exciting because everyone comes here to watch baseball. Um, but yeah, they're going to have to come to that decision. You know, do we want to keep investing in Chase Field, which right now I think is the third or fourth oldest ballpark in the National League. Think about that for a second. Right. And most of these teams, they their ballparks have about a 20-ish year uh, lifespan. So they're on the tail end of that. They, they've known for years that they got to make a decision soon. It's not an inviting place to come. It really isn't. I'm not a fan of the ballpark. I hope that um, their next ballpark is good. I just want something different. It's tough to do because it has to be a dome. But it is like a, a, a plane hanger in there, you know. It's a different style of ballpark, that's for sure. Have you subscribed to our podcast? It's Outspoken with Bruce and Gatos, brought to you this week by your Valley Chevy dealers. All right. Preston Lord was killed by the Gilbert Goons uh, somewhere around Halloween. You know, his friends have had to go on with their life knowing that Preston was murdered. And Combs High School, uh, the basketball team that Preston played on, uh, they just wrapped up their season. And... These young men, without their teammate Preston, had a great year on the court. But you know what? We all know that they struggled off the court with grief. Um, And we're going to talk to the high school coach of Preston Lord. Uh, Hosea uh, Graham is going to join us. He's the uh, high school basketball coach over at uh, Combs. And he's going to talk about the season and, and how it was helping those kids through this season. Uh, knowing that that Preston lost his life in such an awful fashion. And he'll join us next. Outspoken with Bruce and Gatos. Hey, Bruce is off today. We got the wise man, Steve Zinsmeister. Hello, Gatos. Hello, uh, Steve. You know, um, in talking about the Gilbert Goons and following the case, um, one of the things that we've tried to do on this show is to keep... uh, to keep the memory of Preston Lord alive. He was killed by the Gilbert Goons around Halloween. And, you know, he played high school basketball at Combs. And I went out for a game. The coach invited me out. Um, I went out. I wore orange. Uh, That was Preston's favorite color. Today I'm wearing orange, actually. Uh, The reason is uh, the team... Uh, just finished up their their season, and I got to tell you, the young men that were playing in that game, they play hard. They play for their teammate, their fallen teammate. They're playing for their coach. Um, and we had Hosea Graham on the show, I don't know, a month or two ago, to talk about who Preston Lord was. And uh, we said, you know what, their season ended. Why don't we bring him back on? So we did that a few hours ago. Hosea Graham joined us, Combs High School basketball coach. And I'm just going to tell you, some of the things that he was saying, I all, I was almost in tears. And I don't do that. I, 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 that's, it's, it's, it's tough for me to, to get to that point. And so I wanted to play a, a portion of uh, the interview. Hosea Graham, Combs High School basketball coach, um, he was uh, uh, Preston Lord's coach. And, you know, one of the first things I'll ask him in a minute when you hear it is, you know, how do you lead these guys through such a tragedy? But here's Jose, and uh, we uh, brought him on, and, and we said, how are you? And, and he said, doing as well as can be expected. Thanks again, Gatos and Jen Meister for having me on. I really appreciate it, guys. And we appreciate you guys for being our boys. Um, outspoken is probably one of our most established and and favorite folks to listen to um, because of our current situation. Thank you so much again for reaching out to us. 
Oh, absolutely. Well, when I met you, I gave you a hug. We were on the court together. You guys won that game. It was yeah. fun watching yeah. your team. You coached them so well. I think my first question is, how did you lead the kids on the high school basketball team at Combs through such a tough time? You know, I, I started my journal about three or four weeks ago because I think it's a phase. There's stages. It's a process. Just like the grievingness process. Trying to man- navigate and manage these boys uh, through this tragedy, yeah. it was a process. And at first, you had to establish where they were in their grieving process. And each of them, of course, grieved differently. Some of them were very close to depression. Some of them were not as close. But they still had a great loss. And, and establishing what stage they were in grieving depended on how I would respond and react and motivate them. Uh, first of all, I had to make sure that we created, my staff and I created a very safe and positive environment where if they were not, if they were grieving and they were distressed and depressed or angered, that they were in a safe place where they could express that safely without damaging other people, themselves, or just the program itself. Establishing that environment was really critical for us to start moving forward and competing in basketball. Think about that. Mm. That's be the last thing on their mind. Yeah. Right. Why do we deserve to be playing and have fun when we've lost Preston? Yeah. Um, the staff and I worked really hard uh, establishing that that environment, that safe environment. And every day they came, they were early and they stayed late because mm. that was their sanctuary and. That environment was safe for them, and they felt really comfortable not only being there, but also sharing what was in their hearts and in their minds. Yeah, and Coach, what happened to Preston happened right at the beginning of the, towards the beginning of the school year, towards the beginning of your season. I think we all would have understood if, if you and your team had a, a down year or if, you, if they had struggled yeah. in terms of basketball. That wasn't the outcome at all. I mean, I know a little bit about high school basketball. You had a really good team this year. I mean, don't you think that there's no coincidence there that this this team came together in a hard time, right, and had one of your best seasons yet? Absolutely no coincidence at all. I think, again, the environment that we created allowed them to have one centered and focused purpose, and that was to play for each other and play for Preston. Yeah. And it, every day we talked about Preston. Every practice, be, before every game, we talked about Preston. He was present. And that really was a driving force on the the performance, the the uh, exceeding the expectations that, that everyone probably had uh, concerning this team. That driving force of playing for Preston, I think, was the key for the success of our season. They did not want to let him down. Yeah. Hosea Graham is joining us. Combs High School basketball coach. That's where Preston Lord uh, played. And, you know, one thing I, I wanted to, to ask you was, what, what was the toughest moment for you or maybe one of your players that you can share on the show? I can share. I can share this, and there's there probably a couple of them that were really devastating. The, I, I would say the, the Sunday that we were all at the hospital, Children's Hospital, when we couldn't see him, that was just the shock, the shock of it all. Um, 
I think for for everybody, that was just the most devastating time. Mm-hmm. It was because at the beginning uh, when we were we had no answers. We we didn't know why would this happen. How could someone do this? to a young man and you know you think about Preston and we all know that he was the heart of the team and he was the least expected to get in any kind of conflict and when it happened to him I think the shock of it all was it's like why would they have why would this happen to the best kid the the, the, the kindest kid you know and so that was the biggest shock I think the, the next shock for at least for me let me speak for me right now was Last night, right? Um, what do I do now, and how do I keep the boys folks? I have to figure out how to let them go, and hopefully that in the three months that I've been there for them, that I've given them the tools and and the focus of not falling into a dark side, not falling back into a depression or a grieving process. Um, that's my biggest concern and my fear right now yeah. um, because they've done so much. You know, I had them in a bubble. I had them in a bubble to protect them from all the outside noise. And they were not getting angry. They were not getting frustrated. And, you know, Preston's dad, Nick, is such a kind and gentle-hearted man. You know, he asks us all to exercise patience, right, as the process goes through. But at, at what point that frustration gets set in and you need an outlet, you know, and the boys are going to finally, they're going to need an outlet yeah. because nothing's really satisfying their frustration. Basketball was, now that we're not playing basketball, what will they go to to satisfy that? Yeah. Hey, Coach, the kids were so lucky to have you with everything that's happened. What a masterful job you did on and off the court. Hey, invite us to the season opener. We'll be there. We'll be there with our orange on, okay? I sure appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. All right. You guys keep making a difference in the world, okay? Thanks, man. Thanks, Coach. Uh, I love that guy. I, I really do. I truly love that man. Hosea Graham Combs, sorry, Combs High School uh, basketball coach, uh, motivating his team, being there as a grief counselor, you know, being there to, to hug one of the players when they had a, a down day where they were thinking of Preston. Um, it, uh, he was a godsend to every single one of those kids on the team. And they were so lucky to have him. And he's just truly, you can hear in his voice, he's such a caring a gentle human being, and I just love the guy. I Co- love him. Coach would never tell you this. Yeah. He won Coach of the Year. Oh, when? Uh, this year for this season. He deserves he, it. In his, I don't know, region or whatever it was. And he Good would never him. tell you that, but I'll tell you that because I think he had the hardest job oh. of any coach, not just from a basketball standpoint, losing a player, but from a mental standpoint, from a grief standpoint, trying to rally these young guys, these teenagers. Yeah. You're not supposed to have to know how to deal with death and a great at job, that age. Great job by those kids. I went to see them play. They're good. They're good. They hustled. They made the they, playoffs. They needed this yeah. as an outlet. I don't think it's a coincidence they were a really great team that rallied around each other Yeah, and that this happened. Like I think that it makes all the sense in the world, and that guy, the way that he, he builds up confidence, I think that that's uh, telling. Well, we're going to keep Preston Lord's uh, memory alive on the show. Um, I think that's the least we can do. All right, uh, let's see. Coming up next, we got something weird going on. We've got a bunch of people walking around town with no shoes on. I don't get it. I don't understand it. And it's a new, like, phenomenon. 
where you walk barefoot in public. We'll talk about it next. Bruce and Gatos, KTAR News. All right, Bruce is off. The wise man is in. And our super best friend, Chad Benson, is up in about 10 minutes. Uh, so make sure you're here. I talked to Chad today. I like, oh. I like Chad a lot. Did you want to announce that on the No, I mean, I, just, yeah, uh, I just did. Does that make you He's feel... He's a close personal friend of mine. Does that make you feel cool that you talk to Chad today? Yeah, it kind of does, actually. <laughs> All right, Chad's coming up at 7.05. Um, you know, it's really interesting... We have some people out there that are slicing their shoes apart and walking barefoot in public. It's I've I've seen it in Phoenix. I've had actually a lot of you have texted me about this today. It's this new phenomenon. It's called earthing, and I think it's stupid. <laughs> I mean, that's just part of it. But let me tell you, like like what it's about. All right, so some people want to just walk barefoot, like everywhere, and they call it earthing or grounding, and they think it connects them to nature. All right. The other, the other thing is, there are some people who say, okay, I want to do that, but I, I, want it to, I want people to think I'm wearing shoes. Yeah, I've seen this. So it's like people who take their shoe yeah. and they flip it over and you know where the rubber meets the, the, the sole and they, they stick out. a knife in there and they cut the, the sole of the foot out. So you're wearing your shoe over the top, like a canopy of your foot. But there's nothing underneath. So you are essentially walking barefoot, but nobody knows. It's, that's so you can get in places that say you have yeah. to have on shoes. No it's one like can a, know. Becky Lynn, it's like a backwards flip-flop, right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Like the flip-flop, sort you've of. got the bottom right. and no top. Right. Here, you've got the top and no bottom. It's an upside-down flip-flop. Yes. It's it's the most ridiculous. I mean, you The reverse you. flip-flop. Yeah. Okay, so here's why people are doing it. They say it makes them feel better, uh, healthier. Because they have reduced inflammation, pain, and stress. Um, And and they're they're walking on concrete. Yeah, I can understand walking barefoot through the grass. The nice, cool grass. The beach. At the beach. Right, right. But not down Camelback Road, where you might step on glass, you know? Or a nail. I'm going to add this group of people to the folks who are dead to me. Vegans, you know well, are dead to me. If you're not eating a piece of meat, I don't want to know you. And if you're walking around with no soul on the shoe, you're earthing, you're dead to me. Could be the same people. <laughs> it could be the same people. Hey, we'll see you tomorrow at 4. Bruce and Gatos, Outspoken.